Hey everyone and welcome back to Podcast of the Day. I really appreciate you being here and I hope you're having a great day. On today's show, we're talking about a podcast that I've been wanting to highlight for what feels like years now, but uh, it's definitely went straight to my favorites, um, and I listen to it every every show now. I binged through most of the episodes, and I just I just love it. So I really can't wait to show you. Um, it's it's a music based podcast, but not in the way that you might think. So I'm sure a lot of you like music, and this is going to be something you're going to want to stay tuned for. So keep listening right here on Podcast of the Day, only on Anchor. Today's podcast is Rarified Air, and it's hosted by Adam Blau, who is a film composer and musician. And so, on this podcast, he goes and discovers all this music that has been untouched for decades. And it's all music that was intended to be for, for TV, for movies, for soundtracks. But they're so good. They're amazingly produced, and they're all just sitting in these catalogs that have not literally been touched for decades and it's fantastic what he does um, to discover some of these things and to really hear all of this history played for you in a podcast format is it blows my mind and we were talking I, I do have an interview with Adam later but when we were talking he said some of these songs are just a portal into these composers minds and the settings that they're that they're trying to portray for you you get thrown into them I mean it could be like a salsa dance and you could just get these crazy visuals or it could be I have no idea like a sitcom theme and you would get thrown into that it's it's truly remarkable what Adam does with this show and I'm really really pumped to show you what it's all about so uh, coming up on a couple of clips you're gonna hear some songs as well as Adam's narration and uh, yeah I hope you I hope you like it all right next up we've got a track by Simon Hazley from the DeWolf vinyl collection might sound a bit familiar, as it was used as the main sample in Beyoncé's 2006 song, Woman Like Me, originally recorded for the Steve Martin movie, The Pink Panther. I will link to that song on the show page at rarifiedairpod.com, so you can compare. Here is Hazley's original from the 1972 album, Great Day. This is Hammerhead. How can you not just sit there and not get emotions just evoked and really get these portrayals in your mind of different movie scenes? Like, for that last song, I could have been envisioned, like, 50 different movies going on. And it's just so cool to hear that this, this stuff that was probably undiscovered before Adam came across it, or it's just not widely known. 
So, um, yeah, like I said, what Adam's doing with this is remarkable, and I, I'm really a big fan of it. Um, so, coming up, another clip, and then an interview with Adam. That was Big City Sidewalks by Sam Spence from the NFL Music Library, which is part of the APM Music Library. It's off of the album Big Band Drama 2. Yes, that is NFL Music Library, as in National Football League. Music originally created to be used with football-themed programming. Before that, we heard Boss Boogaloo by Russ Savakis from the album Kitsch Pop 2 from the Firstcom Library's Chapel Collection. Savakis was a bassist and violinist who recorded with Bob Dylan, John Denver, The Monkees, and with Van Morrison. That's him playing the bass on Brown-Eyed Girl. All right, next up we have a track by composers Malcolm Ironton and Francis Monkman from the APM Library's KPM Collection, off of the 1979 album Classical Concussion. Here is... Power Games. It is interview time, and like I said earlier, we have Adam from the show Rarefied Air, and he talks about uh, his background a little bit, what made him want to do the podcast, and a ton more. So keep listening right here on Podcast of the Day, only on Anchor. Uh, so my name is Adam Blau, uh, and I am the host of a show called Rarefied Air. Uh, Rarefied Air is a show that focuses on uh, music that was written for film and television programs from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. And specifically, we focus on uh, what you might call stock music. Um, so production library music is music, it's still around today, and it's music that can be licensed inexpensively, and it's licensed uh, in such a way that it's easily clearable. Right. So uh, as opposed to reaching out to artists and their labels and having to go through a whole process of uh, use, you know, finding songs to be used in your films and television programs. If you go to a production library music, you can be relatively sure that you can get the music for an affordable price and that it'll be easy to license for your production. Um, a lot of these libraries have been around for decades, you know, since the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 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 uh, and a lot of the music that was uh, written back in the day in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You don't hear it much these days. Only, you know, in special circumstances you do. Um, and as part of my work, uh, I often have the chance to dig back into these catalogs, and I've found some true gems and really exciting and fun music to listen to. And uh, I thought it would be fun to put it together in a podcast for, for people to hear. And uh, that was the, the main drive for the show. It's a music-driven podcast. I, I don't talk too much uh, except to put 
uh, a little bit of context into the songs and totally, the yeah. pe- and the people who wrote them and recorded them. That's how exactly buried is some of this stuff? Because you're talking a lot of these these production music um, uh, catalogs from I mean decades ago. I mean, are these all physical things that you have to go through and listen to via CD, or are they available digitally now? How does that all work? Right. Yeah. Good question. So uh, for years, the only way to get these would be to uh, to work with the libraries. They would release them on vinyl albums um, oh. and you could go into, uh, uh, you know, used record shops and you'd find them. They were, they were they were and to some extent still are highly sought after by record collectors and crate diggers. Um, and and, you know, you'd go into uh, uh, editorial offices, uh, film editorial offices, and you would just see, you you know, shelves full of these albums. And of course, as technology progressed, uh, they were available on CDs, and, but only relatively recently, in the last, uh, I'll say, decade or so, have have more of these been uh, digitized and put online. Um, and, and a lot of these catalogs, uh, you know, I'll talk to representatives at the DeWolf Library or APM Library, and they're still working on digitizing some of their old albums. Um, but more and more, you're able to find them online. I should say that for the show, uh, simply because of the schedule, uh, I, I have pretty much stuck to what's online and re- you know on all of the websites for the various shows um, because there's already such a wealth of material there and they keep expanding it. Right, so, right. So, so for my own purposes, for the, for the show itself, I, I, I look for everything just uh, using their online portals. I mean, does this music span across all genres then? Because I remember reading that um, it, it it does include all of them, but I'm just curious as to uh, whether some genres are maybe harder to find than others or if it's all pretty available, you just have to kind of look for it. Well, I mean, yeah, no, there, there there are all genres available. I sh- I should say, you know, as the one who's curating it, I I definitely try to to. There, there's a definite vibe I like to keep going on the the show itself, and uh, and but within that, you definitely get a few types of music, you know, yeah, whether yeah. it's the, the bigger, brassier, like very obvious television, like production music, you know, if somebody's, uh, they're about to introduce a, an entertainment show or, a, you know, an awards show, that kind of a thing. Uh, and then you get the more intense sort of like old news theme kind of thing, you know, where, uh, you know, where you're it, a more serious thing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as you get into the eighties, there's a lot more synth pop or synth driven stuff, which I like as well. Uh, so I try and include some of that. Um, but really the, the vibe I'm trying to go for is to, as if you're sort of flipping channels a little bit, um, it's sort of an, an audio version of, of channel surfing. So you go, okay. you, uh, you know, to just to try and keep it interesting so it doesn't get too samey as you're going through it. But, um, and, and, and I should say also that my, my goal with all of this is to, to be able to focus on the songs and the music and the songwriters too, because when it's used in a show, so often it is buried in the background. You know, right, it's playing right. as the the music in the background of a restaurant, and you hear ten seconds of it, and and you pay no attention to it. But especially with some of these older tracks, they're like fully produced, full orchestras and jazz bands, and yeah, you know, yeah. like singers and and these elaborate arrangements. So I like the idea of being able to focus on on the music itself to such a significant extent in a way that you never really get to when you're just listening, when you hear it very faintly in the background underneath the, you know, crowd noise or explosions or who, or, you know, filtered through a TV or a radio. Um, 
but so yeah, I, 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 there definitely is a, a some breadth to the to the genres there, but it's all it's all within you know the 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 styles from from those eras. Gotcha. Okay. Do you find that um, a lot of this is still undiscovered? And, um, and it needs to be discovered or have producers and, and music producers in general, I mean, you, you talked about some samples getting used in music, but um, has it largely still been untapped? I, I would absolutely say so. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there certainly there are uh, a, a few more well-known uh, uh, pieces of music, you know, for example, the the Beyonce song. I don't know that that particular song is going to be used again, but but yeah, no, I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands of tracks. Like, yeah, I, I don't absolutely. I don't see myself running dry of material for this show because these, some of these <laughs> libraries are just enormous. Um, and so, so there's, and they really are diverse. Uh, you know, I obviously focus on the, the types of things that, that I think are interesting in this regard, but these libraries are just, there's no shortage of music in them. And, uh, and there's stuff that can be used that's genuinely interesting to, to listen to, I think. Mm-hmm. And in the libraries, we're talking like global, right? We're not just talking uh, American or British, like it's pretty much all of these different countries and, and cultures. Uh, absolutely. Well, so so the the ones that that I have agreements with, they're U.S. and U.K. based. Okay, but, gotcha. but 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 over years they have. So uh, there's been this sort of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This the, these sort of con- conglomerations, I guess, is that the word? Where where the, the libraries would acquire existing collections. So for example, you have Megatracks that bought the the German collection. Uh, Firstcom, which is another library that we use, has a substantial number of French-based uh, production music tracks. And so you'll you'll have um, you know, you'll have a, a music that was written for French TV in the 60s and then German television in the 70s and and songs from the UK, you know, from around that same era. Um, and so there definitely is a global component. And actually the thing that I find kind of fun or interesting is that the, it's interesting to, to see how, so, so one big thing that production libraries do is, uh, create music from other cultures you know even today they're doing this so for example if you're doing a scene that takes place in uh, in china or in eastern europe or whatever it might be you can go there and find authentic music from those places but they the production libraries have been doing this type of thing forever so it's interesting to see to me to see what a british composer in the 70s what their take on Chinese music was at the time, for example, and so to sort of see how that sort of sits and and what how that might differ from what we might know as music that sounds Chinese today. Again, just as an example, or 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 uh, music from Brazil. Somebody, what what somebody in Germany, what their take on a Brazilian song would be, for example, in 1960 something. So so it's kind of fun to just sort of view it all through that filter um and sort of to to get these different and unique musical uh, examples it just blows my mind i'm sitting here literally having my mind blown that you can can look at this music and like get a glimpse into uh, how they observe maybe a different culture um that's just a crazy idea and the fact that not many people know about that i that just blows my mind man that's that's so cool that's so cool what, at what point did you really develop the idea to start this show? I know you said 
you found catalogs and you thought it would be cool to share it. But what made you think this would work as a podcast? Because it, sure. I mean, it sure has. And I'm just curious as to when you when you thought. Well, um, so I, uh, in my everyday life, I'm a, a composer for film and television. I write music for a couple of shows right now, one called You're the Worst on FXX yeah. and another show called Brockmire, a Hank Azaria show on IFC. And as part of that work, I often uh, will have to go through production music libraries uh, with the music supervisor. I also uh, work as sort of a, an advisor to people as they're putting temp tracks together uh, for their films. So I, I, I'm in and out of these libraries all the time. Um, and I was working on one particular project, a film that I was writing music for, a film called Fuzz Track City. And it was a, a film about a sort of a mystery film about record collectors. And it's sort of like an old film noir kind of thing. And we needed to find uh, some music that would play on these old records that all these that these collectors were chasing after. And yeah. the film the film was a very low budget film. So we didn't have the money to license uh, uh, very expensive songs. And so we were trying to find a solution, a way to uh, to be able to have these older vintage tracks um, and to have songs written from that era as opposed to creating them anew and having them sound fake. Um, so I, 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 I started researching a little bit and found that some of these catalogs have older, you know, older selections. And the more I dug into them, the more they were just sort of fun to listen to. And I found myself just kind of listening to them recreationally. And, uh, for, for me, the thing that's sort of exciting about them or, or nice about listening to these tracks is that they, they evoke a sense of nostalgia. You know, I, for, it definitely hit all the right buttons. I would, I would think about like being home from school, watching old reruns on yeah, TV yeah. and the, the, it just sounded, uh, sort of from a particular era and it, it would, it brings me back to it. And it's kind of like a, a, a safe, warm feeling, uh, you know, in the middle of, of, uh, the, the, tumult of everyday life today. It was yeah. sort of a, a nice way to, to escape from it for a little bit. And uh, I, I started putting it together. Well, and the other sort of int interesting thing about the show is that, you know, you don't often hear podcasts that purely play music. Well, I should say with the exception of what Anchor's doing now, which I'm sure you can get into <laughs> right. where, where it's becoming more, it can become more ubiquitous, but yeah, in a yeah. in more traditional podcasting sense, uh, you don't hear many songs that just sort of act as traditional radio shows. And because of my relationships with some of these production music libraries, this, it was sort of a nice little loophole to be able to play these songs. You know, they, they like the libraries like getting their names out there. Um, and, and so they have granted me the, the license to be able to use these tracks in the show. Um, and of course, anybody putting a podcast or a, a program together of any sort of web series, they can call up these libraries and license them all and use them in their projects themselves. And so I think that, you know, there's the hope of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the show itself can be found, uh, you know, certainly on iTunes and Stitcher and all of those, uh, uh, the, the various podcast places, but the, the central hub for the show is rarifiedairpod.com. It's R-A-R-E-F-I-E-D airpod.com. And uh, uh, so that's sort of the, the main place that people can find the show. My and, and, and there's no designated Twitter handle for the show. I do it all through my own Twitter handle, which is just my name, Adam Blau, A-D-A-M-B-L-A-U, uh, on Twitter. Please, if you liked it at all, make sure you do go check out some of Adam's work over at Rarified Air by heading to rarifiedairpod.com. That is rarified, 
R-A-R-E-F-I-E-D, and then air, and then pod, P-O-D, dot com. And that's where you're going to find all the episodes. You'll find links to all these songs and uh, some other references that were made in the um, podcast, as well as a track listing. So you can go find these tracks that you listen to. And uh, if you like them, you can go search them up or find them on your favorite streaming service. So um, awesome podcast. I, I really was happy to highlight this for you guys today. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Podcast of the day is over for now, but don't worry, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new podcast for you to hear. Make sure you check out Anchor and the rest of the stations here over the weekend to see some of some of the great stuff that's getting produced right here on Anchor. But until then, I'll catch you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend.